The voice. River Radio. Of the Thames. Hello and welcome. Thank you for listening in today to Let's Talk Business on River Radio with me, Fiona Johnson. This week is Mental Health Awareness Week, which makes it even more significant to be welcoming business owner Paul Hill to the studio today. Paul owns and runs Everyday Hypnotherapy and Busy Buddha, which I'm very curious, it's a great name, we need to find out more about that, and we'll be learning about his, his businesses later. We know that hypnotherapy Therapy can be a powerful tool for improving our mindset, and the list of what it can help with is vast. However, I particularly like that on the front page of Paul's website it says, Peace is just under the surface. And I have to say that really, really resonated with me when I read it today. Hello, Paul. Thanks for coming in today. Hello, Fiona. Thank you so much for the invite. You're a pleasure to have you here. And I was just thinking, as probably as we all did when we were driving into the studio, I was, is it me? Or does it really feel like we're getting back into the swing of life again? I don't know about you, this week has seen me working at launch events, photo shoots and planning meetings, and that's just for starters. It seems that everyone's making up for lost time. I don't know, Paul, how are you feeling today? Is it just me, or are you feeling like everyone's suddenly hitting the ground running? I think everybody is suddenly hitting the ground running. Um, Unfortunately, there are those also who aren't hitting the ground running. Um, And Mental Health Awareness Week is one of those things to pick up on those people the theme this year is about loneliness and one thing that COVID has done is highlighted how lonely this world can actually be when you're having to distance yourself from people because of the virus. Absolutely, I mean that's what you're right, that's a key word, it's something that we've all learnt more about I think and we'll probably discuss more of that later. Um, but on today's show we're going to be uh, talking about and you can look forward to hearing about how Paul discovered hypnotherapy and what it can be used to treat. Um, and we'll also be talking about when we're all, we're all slowly going back to the office environment now, and we'll be discussing how we can ease the journey back, not just for ourselves, but our staff and our colleagues. And we'll also be discussing those things that can hold you back in business, those things like you know, those can'ts and those don'ts, and we'll be talking about how we can turn them into cans and do. Um, we've also got our quick fire round, which um, I love this because you would see that our guests squirm when we say that. When we get to know what's behind the real call, and of course, Paul has chosen some great questions today. Really looking forward to those, actually. If you've got any questions that you'd like to ask us, um, that can be about hypnotherapy or about business in general, please don't hesitate to email in fiona at river.radio. So, Paul, would you like to introduce yourself and just tell us a bit more about your business? Okay, so as you know, my name is Paul Hill. My company is Everyday Hypnotherapy. Uh, I'm a hypnotherapist, NLP practitioner, uh, PTSD specialist, um, and I also run a separate company with a fantastic lady called Anastasia Topis. Well, to be honest, honest, it's her company, and I tag along behind her. Um, She was a client of mine, and she said, you need to share what you do. I went, really? She said, yeah, we're going to share what you do because 
circle. Um, we're going to do a company and we're going to, I know what we're going to do, we're going to run retreats for busy professionals to come along and learn about hypnotherapy. That's what we're going to do. And then two weeks later, the website was up and running. Uh, she sorted out the premises, wow. it was brilliant. And um, yeah. That's your busy Buddha, is it? That's the busy Buddha. Okay. So everyday hypnotherapy is my hypnotherapy and NLP practice. Busy Buddha is where we take busy professionals away for a long weekend. And when Anastasia promoted this idea, I said, three things. I'm not getting up at five o'clock in the morning to work in the sun. <laughs> and um, if I see any wheatgrass, I'm running. Okay. Uh, keep it okay. Yeah. And I expect to have fillet steak and the odd glass of wine in the evening with the guests. So that's what we do. And three out of three. It's very well done. So that's what we do. But yeah. again, NLP, hypnotherapy, yoga, meditation, mindfulness, massage, the whole thing. Wow. I bet that's very, very popular. It's fantastic. And obviously that's up and running again now. Did you have to press pause for a while? Absolutely. Yeah. We started before COVID. Yeah. But then COVID hit. We had to put a hold on it. Uh, we did our first retreat in November. We did our second retreat in March. And the feedback we've had from the, the residents has been amazing. That's fantastic. It's part of that resetting, I suppose, isn't it? It's not yes. just I mean, looking at COVID aside, but I think, yeah, back to what we're saying, we're all running around a bit headless at the moment, and then the weekend of pure, yeah, peace and calm and putting some energy back into ourselves. Let's Absolutely. face it, you know, nothing's going to happen if we can't switch off. Absolutely. One of the key questions I ask all my clients is, who's the most important person in your life? And they will say, invariably, my husband, my children, whatever the dog. else. Can, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, but it is themselves. It's you're the key person in your life. If you're running on all four cylinders, mm -hmm. then you can give of yourself more efficiently, with more love, everything, as long as you look after yourself first. Yes, but I think it's a different way of thinking, isn't it? Because naturally, one foot up, two foot different. Everyone like, does everyone do that? Yes, good, okay. Amazing. You put everyone else first. I'm not trying to sound like a martyr when I say it. Um, and actually, you're right, nothing, you can't help anyone if that's what you mean, yeah. if you don't look after yourself. But I think we've got to re, re, sort of retrain our brains into that thinking, as you say, first of all. Which is fantastic, yeah, I think. And that's the key that, thing you yeah. said, Fiona, it's about retraining your brain. You can retrain your brain. And it's not an easy process. Sometimes there are easy fixes. It's not an easy process, but you can change the neural pathways of the brain to improve your life. That's obviously what you help with. Absolutely. Since you're sounding so knowledgeable. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> um, so just talk us through with your everyday hypnotherapy. Talk, talk me through sort of how you help clients, what you can help them with. Just, I mean, I'm not asking you to go into sort of, um, obviously there's lots of things you can't go into the detail of, but just talk us through sort of an overview of, of why people might come to you and how you help. Okay, so the general conception with hypnotherapy is, are you going to make me hop on one leg and bark like a dog? Yep. Uh, <laughs> don't look around the eyes, don't look around the eyes, look in the eyes. Uh, with hypnotherapy, it's not just about stopping people smoking or stopping people um, having problems with dietary issues or I'm scared of spiders. Yes, you can do those things with hypnotherapy, but it's so much more. It's any obstacle that's holding you back in your life. Right. You can change if you use your subconscious mind to work for you. See, the subconscious has only one thing in mind to yeah. help you, to keep you safe. But sometimes there are things it's put in place in the past to keep you safe that are no longer relevant now. Okay. And you need to be able to identify those safety measures. Right. If I have a word with the subconscious and say, maybe we can tweak them because they're not serving me now. They serve me then, but not now. Interesting. Okay, so it's sort of like you've almost outgrown some of the things, but they're still there. The Absolutely. Sort of the alarm bells or whatever, it, Absolutely. whatever you call them. 
and so that's so that's what you're helping with people and sort of what do they they come to you can you do it online or does it have to be in person or i love in person yeah. i'm a very as we said when we first met i'm a hugger that's what i do um and when covid happened there was an awful lot of talk about pivoting your business mm-hmm. and one of the things you have to do as a hypnotherapist is pivot to the online yeah and i was very reticent about it but it works not all of the techniques work online but the majority of them do so i now have clients in canada in dubai in france i'd never have had that if, if covid hadn't come along because i wouldn't have considered it possible yes and actually that's interesting is it that would be your mind say no not 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 for me not you know i'm, I'm not big enough or, or why would they want to come to me or whatever and then it's like the, the positive of if you know, we're all looking for positives from COVID, um, that is a positive, isn't it? Absolutely. We call it limiting self beliefs. And hypnotherapists and NLP practitioners are human beings too. Yes. And we have limiting self beliefs. So people say to me, Do you see someone? I say, Yep, yeah, I've got an NLP practitioner I go to, I've got a hypnotherapist that I go to right. on a fairly regular basis. Because it's not just about, um, for instance, sorting out a fear of spiders. Mm-hmm. There are things that waylay you at some random hour on a Friday afternoon that you've never experienced before. So you need to have the mental resilience and the tools to be able to sort that problem. So I go and see someone on a regular basis. That's good. That's good. And, so, and also, you, you probably need that offload as well, just you know, so that you can, back to what we're saying, therefore look after everyone else because you're looking after yourself. Absolutely. Um, and was there something that motivated you or perhaps inspired you to, to start the business? Well... I was a mortgage broker for 25 years, Brilliant. so um, I, went, I went through a, a, a second divorce, I'm a catch, so you just keep chucking me back, so I went through my second divorce and my business suffered badly um, due to the economic situation at the time and also because of some of the things that I hadn't done correctly in the business, mm. and I wanted to do something completely differently, so I actually trained as a um, sports and remedial massage therapist. Right, okay, okay, so that's in the same sort of arena. Yeah. But yeah. So people were coming to me, they've always come to me with problems to, sh- to help. Yeah. Um, my earliest memory is from 15 years old, that's how long people have asked me for help with various things. On the massage table, people were still asking me for help, and a sports massage isn't, generally speaking, a pleasant one. The bit, the, the bit at the beginning's pleasant, the bit at the end's pleasant, but the bit in the middle really hurts. Okay. And I wanted to check to see if I was given the right information. So I signed up to be a counsellor. Mm-hmm. Part of the counselling course I signed up to, strangely enough, was hypnotherapy. Right. I found hypnotherapy and I found that I was good at it. It was like a calling. So it yeah, was, okay. And then that's when it all took off. Fabulous. And I know we'll go into more detail uh, a bit later on in the show to find out exactly what, what sort of made you what you are today, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but I was just also going to ask, you know, obviously we're, we're business owners. Um, do you find that the sort of a lack of confidence or lack of self-belief is something that's quite common, particularly amongst business owners I don't you know one always thinks if you run your own business you've got to be overly confident and overly sort of um yeah confident in one's self-belief um but I wonder if that's something that perhaps we were overestimating and actually we're all human as you just said and, and people are struggling a bit more perhaps with with those limiting factors yeah. maybe that's a better way rather than saying confidence limiting limiting factors I think there's uh, uh, an awful lot of confidence people are confident but when they're lacking in self-esteem, mm. that's when the issue occurs. You get people that, on the outside, are doing that serene swan, as we discussed before we started. Yeah. They're up, they're, they're beautifully poised, ready to go in the meeting, but inside, underneath, there's this yeah, 
paddle, 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 yeah. paddle, 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 paddle. Um, and you're not with that person at three o'clock in the morning when they're lying, laying in bed, curled up, crying over their own issues and trying to use the confidence. In my, in my own uh, business, when I was a mortgage broker, yeah, I was doing it, I was this, I had the Mercedes, I had everything going on. Behind the scenes, my business was failing, but I didn't tell anybody. Mm. I didn't share with anybody, my friends, anybody at all, and it just went downhill. And my mental health went down with it. Yes. I was confident, but behind the scenes, my self-esteem was lower than a snake's belly. Yes, I think as, you know, as a business owner, we've got, well, we've all got a lot of balls to juggle, but I think you know, then you add in that pressure of a business, running your own business as well. And it is what everyone sees on the outside is not necessarily what's going on internally. Absolutely. So, so presumably a lot of business owners are coming to you for support just to help them navigate their way yeah. through these, these hurdles. Yeah, and a lot of time people don't need to come just to sort out a problem. That's the other thing that people assume with hypnotherapy. Yeah. It's just to sort problems. No, I've got people to come to see me on a regular basis, maybe every quarter, maybe every other month. Just to have that mojo given a bit of a yeah. boost. I like that. That, thing. that sounds really good. Oh, yes, exactly. Fun. You can sort of get them on a yeah, regular, right? It's like an injection of something, right? Leave my mojo sorted. Yeah. That's brilliant. Brilliant. And what do you think is the best part of your job? The best part of my job is when that client leaves my therapy room and they are a minimum of 10% better off yeah. than when they came in. Sometimes, hundred percent better off when they came in and when you can see someone transform in front of your eyes you quite often hear people talk about uh, depression that you feel like there's a brick weighing down on them mm-hmm. yeah. or a heavy weight and you can almost see this invisible weight being removed and they almost inflate in front of you and you look at them and you know the training that you've received to do it you know what you've done you know the science behind it but you still sit there going how the hell did we do that? Yeah, that's brilliant. And then it must, that's, you know, obviously one likes to be rewarded in one's job, but to be able to actually see that. Oh, you can't put a price on it. You know, you get paid for what you do, but yeah. you cannot put a price on it. And I'm at pains to speak to every client and say, this is a partnership. Mm. I haven't done this. We have done it together. Yes, okay. So I was going to say, it's, it's you're giving a legacy, but actually it's a joint legacy, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, um, and the, talking about positives, what about? Um, that sounds awful to say. What's the worst part of your job? But are there elements of the job that perhaps don't? Um, they aren't. You, you don't wake up and think, yes, that's what I want to do. I suppose one of the elements of the job is that when you're confronted with people, and the. The, the issue with the, the, the person himself is, like, for instance, child abuse, when they were eight, nine years old, yeah. and they're coming yeah. to see me at age 60, and they've been living with this. Yes, okay. And that that is something, because I have children, but you detach yourself, so I don't look forward to those scenarios, but, again, if I can help someone overcome that, then you, you cannot put a price on it. No, you can't. And actually, yes, there must be some horrible, terrible things that people have gone through that they're sharing with you, which is very, very brave of them to, to get to that stage. But how awful does, as you say, to take that lifetime of suddenly being able to address it. So, yes, that has to be a tough, a tough day all mm. round, isn't it? I think the important thing to remember, uh, this is for the listeners, is if 
people assume that they're going to have to talk about their experiences. Mm. They don't. There are therapies that we can use where all I need to know is where you feel the pain in your body. And we can deal with it. I don't need to know what happened. I don't need to know when it happened. I just need to know where you feel it, how big it feels, and what's the intensity of that pain. And there are therapies where I don't even know what the client has gone through, but I can remove the pain and the trauma. Okay, I'm, 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 I'm sort of speechless because I didn't know that. And that's a really interesting fact, isn't it? That, as you say, I assumed, I can sure so many people do, wrongly, that you have to lay everything there. That you, and that won't suit some people. Absolutely. So, but you don't have to. Not even slightly. If someone comes along and they've got something really horrendous that's happened to them, let's say a rape, um, and they don't want to talk about it because with PTSD they might be living mm, it yeah. 10, 15, 20, 100 times a day. The last thing they want to do is to relive it in front of someone that they just met for a therapy session. Yeah. So, no, you don't need to. Yeah. When you're thinking about it now, where do you feel it? And then you carry on, yeah. and I don't even need to know. And that's what, moving back to what you were saying earlier about it, is it's that relationship, it's that fact that you're, you're working on it together. Absolutely. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you for, for, for sharing that, that nugget, an absolute nugget. And then as a, as a business owner, yep. is there sort of, there are lots of skills that we all need as business owners. Is there one that you sort of think stands out more than others that if anyone's listening that's thinking about setting up their own business that you'd say, this is the one that you need to focus on or, or, or to, to, to sort of make sure you've got covered? It might not be naturally because obviously we've all got different skills. Okay. It's nothing to do with running a business. It's nothing to do with having an accountant or having a business coach or anything of that nature. It's to do with the language you use when you're speaking to yourself. Right, okay. If you can speak to yourself in a positive way every single day about all the aspects of your business, that is a key. How you address yourself is a key to running a business as far as I'm concerned. Okay, business. And I know we're going to touch on this a bit later, aren't we? The, the, the business language, or not even business language, the language we just use Absolutely. in ourselves. Wonderful. Now, I think it might be time to play your fast track, um, an absolute classic. Um, and I was wondering if you'd like to introduce it, actually, Paul. Yes, so my first track is from 1981, a hero of mine when he was in Genesis, Phil Collins, and it's in the air tonight. Oh, I've, that was a very short introduction. I was just wondering if there were a particular reason oh, why you... Reason I didn't why, ask I, you that, but I, I was just I, thinking okay. you might like to share... 1981 with us. <laughs> it was, I, w- I was 17 years old. The world was my oyster. Um, it, I was doing my A-levels and this song came on the radio and it was something different, completely different. And it was just a musical beat, the resonance and that drum solo with oh, Phil Collins. Yeah. It was It was before the gorilla came along and before oh, yes. the chocolate came along. So it had nothing to do with that. Yeah. It was just, it really resonated with me. It wasn't until later on when I listened to the lyrics having had emotional issues with regard to marriages myself that I thought I get where you're coming from my friend because it was a song from the heart and the soul yes lovely okay so this is in the air tonight Phil Collins Live. Do you know what I mean? Something was, I, I hadn't pressed something and I was thinking, that's why I went live. And it went really well. It's sort of like, uh, yeah, now I'm a bit sorry. It's all right, you're sorry. Some parts, sometimes they do pretty hard. But it's a bit hefty, isn't it, actually? But now I'm sort of thinking, so he was looking quite anxious and that's why I was thinking. Maybe it's because they're making noise out there. Yeah, it was on the phone. It was on the phone. I don't know, 
Yes. That's why I thought someone was begging. Please go and speak to him. That's why I sort of thought maybe someone was begging and going, the registration state is not working. But we think that's not what we, that's, my understanding is that's what's wrong. Hmm. Well, I couldn't hear my voice in there. What now? No. Generally. Generally, I can't hear it. Okay. Yeah, because if there was a problem, I'm sure he would have said, wouldn't he? Would have just said, if you lie, he's like, yes, you would have been saying, no, you need But I can't hear my voice. No, because I've got a bit more to say. Oh, right, okay. Do you want to just follow up? No, because then, yeah. Right, it's only to talk about it. Well, then I'm not going to listen to me anyway. I'm no, but well, yeah, and that's the thing, is it's very difficult to know what I'm hearing here and what I'm hearing just through the room. That's why I haven't done anything differently to what I normally do. So I just think when I have people coming in with feeling anxious, maybe I should do
Hello and welcome back. You are listening to Fiona Johnson on River Radio's Let's Talk Business show. Thank you for listening in today. Today we are joined by hypnotherapist Paul Hill. Um, And don't forget, if you've missed part of today's show, you can listen to the show again via catch-up, which is on the website, which is river.radio, or as a podcast via the usual channels, Alexa, Apple, Google and Spotify. And of course, if there's anything you want to ask or any discussions you want to join with on the radio, do drop me an email, fiona at river.radio. Now, this next section is when we get to ask some fun, quick-fire questions. And I'm going to blast them by Paul because there's no quicker way of getting to know the real person than these very, very highbrow questions. So, <laughs> so Paul, if you're ready, um, do you prefer Marmite or peanut butter? Peanut butter. Oh, that's a good Clear, strong answer. Well, crunchy, um, crunchy. <laughs> oh, crunchy yeah, vanilla. Oh, yes, that's a, that should be a sort of sub-question, shouldn't it? Um, beer or wine? Beer. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Rugby or football? Rugby. Oh, cats or dogs? Dogs. Are you a night owl or an early bird? Both. Oh, now that's an interesting one. So you burn the candle at both ends? I do. Always working? Yeah. Or just, oh, okay. But lots of fun, but I do tend to go to bed late, get up early. But you, you're okay with it. Yeah. You're thriving. Good. That's the most important thing. <laughs> um, what is a, if, if you had a choice of a holiday, would you do an adventure holiday or a relaxing break? Adventure. Um, Favorite city? Toronto. Oh, well, that's a good curveball. Yeah, Canada. Big outdoors. That's Love Canada. Of, yeah. Okay. Brilliant. And outside of work, do you have any hobbies or interests that you'd like to tell us about? Something that we wouldn't guess at. For a period of time, I was learning to play the saxophone. Awfully. I haven't got a musical bone in my body. So that's Brilliant. Uh, I like watching sport, and I like weight training. Oh, okay. Impressive. Um, and um, can you describe yourself? I like asking this one, but it, I can see it's very difficult. Can you describe yourself in three words? Big, hairy, lovable. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, I can't, I can't say, I can't say yes, but yes, okay, fair three, three words, can't deny that, brilliant. Um, and finally, what would be your chosen superpower? Oh, gosh. I would like to know what people are thinking. Oh, would you? Yeah. I suppose that comes to the territory, no, doesn't it? It comes with yeah. the territory, because on that basis, I could help them a lot quicker. I like that, rather than thinking I just want to be nosy, actually, no, I could just help them. I'm not sure I want to know what people are thinking. But you're right, professionally, good answer. Thank you very much, Paul. Um, Lovely, you've passed. You've passed the test. Thank you. Um, Now, we also always ask our guests to recommend a book that's helped them, and it might be something that's helped them through their business or perhaps with business skills or just in their personal life. Um, It can also be really difficult to recommend only one book. But, Paul, is there any any books you'd like to share with us today? There were a couple that you uh, came to mind when you said um, book. So I made a list. Uh, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by a guy called T. Harv Ecker. That's a good name. Yes. It, only the Americans will call themselves T. Harv Ecker. Yeah. It's really good. There's only uh, one. Yes. That's a good thing. And it was, so for years, I had said to my children, I've got four children, ranging from the age 30 down to 15, and for years I would say, don't bother buying me a Christmas present or a birthday present. I'd much rather you said to me that you bought X, Y, and Z for yourself because that would give me pleasure. However, one of my greatest pleasures is in giving. Yes, um, okay. And giving gifts. 
And the book highlights to me that what, in effect, I was doing was denying my children one of the pleasures that I so enjoy, which is the pleasure of giving. Yes. That's so true, isn't it? Because so often you're like, oh, no, 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 I don't need anything. I'm fine. Because you think that's the, a, a nice or the right, you know, the right answer. But maybe there's some niceties behind that. But actually, yes, some people really enjoy giving presents. And then you're denying yeah. That. And that, that came out through the book, didn't that it? That came out through the book and it, it hit me as if someone had poleaxed me. I sat down reading it one day and I suddenly thought, oh no, all the years that my children have wanted to give me stuff and I denied them the pleasure that I love. Because I, when, I, when I'm thinking about giving somebody a gift, I've already imagined what they're going to say, what they're going to do, the smile on their face, and I denied them that. So now when they say we're going to get you something there, fill your boots. Yeah, but actually can I steer you this way, please? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, that sounds like a good book. So just remind us what that was called again. It's called The Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Eker. It's about E-K-E-R. Brilliant. Okay, that's, that's, a, good, that's a good recommendation. Thank you. Brilliant. Have you got another one? Yep. The Body Keeps the Score by a guy called Bessel van der, van der Kolk. <laughs> yeah. It's very much linked to what I do for people who don't want to talk about their traumas uh, because you hold it within your body. And if you can persuade the body to release the tension then the trauma goes with it it's amazing really good fascinating mm. so that obviously yes that helps you that is linked to what you do that's absolutely i was taught a technique called the blast technique by a, a guy called nick davies and it changed an awful lot of the way i do my therapies yes okay brilliant thank you for that um, and have you got any other any other books yeah um i like um, there's a one called Eat the Frog by um, Brian Trump. I like the things you wear. I want your number tattooed on my arm in ink, I swear. Cause when the morning comes, I know you won't be there. Every time I turn around, you disappear. Diverse subjects. It's not just about mental fitness. All sorts of thing. I, I, I've I've never listened to a TED talk and thought I've wasted my time. Right. Okay. So I mean, yes, across the board. And you're right. Sometimes they're only ten minutes, aren't they? Sometimes they're longer, but they're they're you can fit them in around what you're doing. Yeah. Well, a TED talk is designed to run for about sixteen to seventeen minutes, no longer. Okay. They are shorter, but that's it, sixteen to seventeen minutes. Um, and they're all over the internet, YouTube. It's you, you could spend days listening to TED talks. Yeah, I know I've lost myself in them too because you find one, then you sort of go and, and then it sort of opens the door to another thing and they're always, always fascinating, aren't mm. they? But yeah. one thing about the listeners, there are podcasts on just about every subject. 
podcasts are becoming so, so, so popular now. It's yeah. absolutely untrue. Yeah, that's so true. And I think also the way that we're living our lives now, we've, I was going to say we've got more time. That don't mean more time, but we have more opportunities for time. You know, like, I don't know taking the dog for a walk and you can listen to a podcast or, or, you know, commuting on the train and things like that. So they really can fit in around your lifestyle. Absolutely. You get loads of people, very successful business people, never, ever complain about not having time. Mm. They just prioritise their time. This is so true. This is so true. What's it, the saying? We've all got the same 24 hours. Absolutely. We? Yes, it's how you use them. Um, well, thank you for those recommendations. That's That's wonderful. But now I'm going to ask you about... Your business journey, your past, what sort of, what got you? You mentioned earlier a mortgage broker and obviously you talked about how you learned hypnotherapy, but what was, what was the, how did you find, it's not so much your calling, but, um, you know, I can tell that you're, you're very content in what you do now and what got you to this place on your your business journey? I think I'd always been interested in mental, mental fitness. Mm. I steer away from mental health. I prefer to call it mental fitness because if you Google mental health, uh, you'll generally get loads of things with depression written on there. You'll get a picture of a brain with uh, depression or I can't cope or mental fitness. Everybody has mental health. Yeah. It's mental fitness that's the key. That's How right. fit are yeah. you mentally rather than describing it as good or bad mental health? And then that's also about language as well, but we'll talk about that a yeah. bit later on. Um, but my journey was as a result of my own mental fitness issues and – Back in the 80s and the 90s, there was there were options out there, but they weren't very accessible. Um, and I wanted to make these things accessible for everybody and talk to as many people as possible about mental fitness and what you can do uh, to overcome the issues. Yeah. Uh, and most of the, the, the answers lie, lie within. I know it sounds a bit twee, but most of the answers lie within. You just need to have them tweaked out by a okay. professional that can help you find the answers from within. My journey, um, I had some mental health issues with regard to my mother. She died four months before my 21st birthday. And I held on to that for many, many years because I promised her that I would be there when she died. Mm. And I arrived three minutes too late. Now, everybody says, but it wasn't your fault. You were at work. You had to do it. You didn't know when she was going to die because it was cancer. But I promised my mum I'd be there. Mm. And I held on to it and it played on me for years. And I finally got it sorted when I was 47. Right. And I suppose that comes back to the language, doesn't it? Because Absolutely. you made a promise. Absolutely. I made a promise. Um, and if I thought about all the promises I'd made to my mum as a teenager and didn't keep, <laughs> like I promise I'll be home by such and such a time <laughs> yeah. and didn't, and I promise it. Yeah. But the one promise that I should have kept, and I hate the word should have, but yeah. uh, I didn't. And though it's... It's those tiny things, apparently, that are tiny at the time, but maybe big, mm-hmm. that they just grow and grow and grow and grow okay. and grow. And then you need help to get rid of it. Because the only reason it still held me in its thrall was the emotion that I had attached to it. And that emotion was guilt. Which presumably got worse, sort of compounded. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and the more you think about it, the more it becomes ingrained in who you are. And there came a point where I just didn't want to be that person anymore because it was holding me back. So I sought therapy to do that, and it worked. And that was before you... Yeah, way before I decided to do it. So I thought, how do you do that? How is that possible? Uh, And that started me on the journey of looking for the therapies, who was doing it, how they were doing it. And then I decided when my business was failing to take the plunge and 
learn about it properly. And that, and then, I mean, presumably it's quite a long, tra- I mean, first, certainly thorough training, because you've got yeah. so many different elements to it. Well, well, there are so many different elements. I mean, to, to be honest, you could pick a book up and call yourself a hypnotherapist. You know, that, that's it. Right. But there are so many different therapies out there, and hypnotherapy isn't the be-all and end-all. Please don't let anybody think that hypnotherapy is it, it like um neuro-linguistic pathways or programming i do that as well uh the blast technique there's havening there's there are so many techniques out there that can work but just because you've learned the technique doesn't mean to say you're going to be any good at it yes there are an awful lot of people that learn these things as like a hobby but mm. they don't actually practice it with clients but then that's chicken and egg isn't it yeah I think somebody, a friend of mine, said to me, uh, the feeling of confidence comes after the act of confidence. Okay. Okay. Yes. People assume I need to be confident to do something. No, do it. You'll gain confidence yes. by doing it. And then you'll be able to do it again. Or, Absolutely. Or raise it one or whatever it might be. Absolutely. So when I first was treating my patients, call them patients, clients, it was reading a book in front of me and going, right, that's the stage, this is the next stage. This is, and then the stages just come at you and then you don't need to. And then you find your personality can be brought into your therapy sessions and then you learn other therapies and you meld them together yes. so that you're not just doing one thing, you're doing several things to help that client overcome what it is they've asked you to overcome. Yes, and actually that comes back to the personality because obviously you're forming that relationship so you've got to be able to connect Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 you, you're, whenever you're taught any therapies, you're advised not to bring your own tragedies or your own limiting self-beliefs yes. into the therapy room, yeah. quite rightly so. But I've always thought that if, the, if sat next to me today now was a 25-year-old hypnotherapist and they'd done exactly the same training courses, I think what I bring to the therapy room is the much maligned university of life. I know, it's got to stand for something, hasn't it? It it has, and it's not, you know, I can genuinely say, with a client sat in front of me, I know how you feel, because I've had a business fall apart on me. I know what it feels like to be divorced. I know what it feels like to divorce. I know what it feels like to have children. So there's all sorts of things. It doesn't mean I'm a better therapist necessarily. It just means that I can relate to my clients a bit better. And that's such a key word, isn't it, being relatable? Absolutely. And I'm just thinking, you've obviously you've had a long and, and varied career and you're obviously very well established now in what you do. But was there anything that you wished you'd known when you first started out relating to your business? You know, like those things that keep us awake at night and then you look back and go, why was I worried about that? I think that there is what I would point to. Yeah. If you think about, if you've got somebody in your life who's terminally ill in hospital, Okay, and that thought wakes you up at three o'clock in the morning, quite rightly so, because they are terminally ill and they are going to die. So you are, it's reasonable to assume you're going to be worried about it. But if you look back on your life at all the things that have woken you up at three o'clock in the morning, how many of them have actually come true? Oh, don't get that. Right, okay, (laughs) it's probably a big fat zero. So if the advice was that would be don't take your three o'clock in the morning worries serious. And there's so much worse Yes, three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, but it's called the witching hour. It's oh. when our body temperature is at its lowest. That's when we wake up. It's generally speaking when you, you, you might need to go to the toilet. And that's when they hit you really hard and fast. Yes. It's that and little spark that then suddenly just completely snowballs. Absolutely. And it's when you wake up and the, sky, the sun is shining, even if the sun isn't shining, daylight. And you think, oh, 
really? Yeah. But sometimes you still hold on to it. So if I could give advice to anybody, those things aren't going to happen. Get a good night's sleep. Oh, sleep. <laughs> yeah. Sleep is paramount. Absolutely. Without sleep, you are going yeah. nowhere. Oh. oh, well, thank you very much for that, Paul. Um, let's move on to your second track, um, Tears for Fears. <gasps> Excellent choice. Um, is there a, is there a reason why this is sort of your second choice, of second favourite ever? I don't know. Well, 1985 was a special year. Live Aid was on in 85. Ooh, yes. And I was fortunate enough, I was visiting a friend in Canada, so I saw Live Aid from the stateside. Oh, yeah, okay. So that, Different time um, zone, yep. And I really like these guys' voices, but Shout was a protest song. It was about sticking it to the man. You know, <laughs> don't let people put you down. If you've got something and you know you're right, just get up. And, and I'm a bit of a closet rebel oh, yeah. uh, at heart. Um, I can see that. <laughs> well, I've always had my, my soapbox, um, and especially with what's gone on with COVID over the recent years, um, my, my soapbox, which was made of wood like everybody else's, yep. um, has been sort of miraculously changed into one of stainless steel and it's got its own wheels I wheel it out so often okay and is it a bit taller <laughs> it's definitely a bit it's taller double, double so height sh- so shout I still listen to today because Brilliant. it inspires me excellent so let's listen to this shout tears for fears
Hello and welcome back. You are listening to Fiona Johnson on River Radio's Let's Talk Business show. Thank you for listening in today. And I'm going to apologise quickly. I think we had a few technical issues at the beginning of the show and it might have been a bit faint for some of you to listen. But, but you can always listen on Catch Up, which is um, on, on our, as our podcast, which is via the website, which is river.radio or via the usual podcast channels. Um, and today we're joined by hypnotherapist Paul Hill. Um, he's also of the Busy Buddha. I love that. I'm just going to have to keep saying it because it's just such a wonderful name. How are you doing so far? Absolutely marvellously. You can tell I was an 80s child with those two tracks. Absolutely. You really can. It was like we had to play the absolute full version. That was, and We were shouting along, weren't we, in the studio? Um, and of course, if you want to get in touch about any of the discussions we're having today, um, do drop us an email. And that's fiona at river.radio. Um, now, Paul... Very, very interested to know a little bit more about what you do. And one of the things that we've alluded to quite a bit on this show is the, the power of language. And for those of you listening out there, we're talking about, you know, turning, oh, I'm having all these awful sort of, um, what are the thoughts? What are, they, what are those called when you, um, cliches in my head, so I'm trying to avoid saying a cliche, but it's when you want to turn the, the can'ts and the don'ts into the do's and the cans. And that is a matter of re- reframing your language, isn't it? Absolutely. So would you like to sort of tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, certainly. I mean, we we all have these voice, the voice that we hear inside our head. It makes it sound like, oh, voices inside my head. That's weird. But it's the language that we talk to ourselves in. And language is really important. Um, give an example. So everybody that's listening, you might like to try this. Um, there are two S words um, yeah. that you could use to reprimand somebody, for instance. One is um, stupid. It's a six-letter S word. And one is silly. If you look them up in the dictionary, they pretty much say the same thing. So I want everybody listening now to put their biggest smile on their face. Fee, you put a big smile okay. on your face. Yep. Okay. Smile, 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 smile. Now try saying stupid. Well, lo- yeah. yeah, okay, stupid with it. Okay, I can't. No, yes, right, okay. Now frown. Yeah. Think about something that makes you really angry. Okay, yes. Okay, got that? Mm. Now try saying silly. Silly. Doesn't work, does it? No, it doesn't come out properly. It doesn't make me feel like I'm exactly. using the word in the right way. So if we've imbued those two small words with such power that one we can't say easily when we're happy and the other we can't say easily when we're sad, because silly is a smiley word, okay? Yes, yes, yes. Imagine yes. words like catastrophe. Or lockdown. Yeah. Try saying lockdown with a smile. Uh, Impossible. I just know. Yeah. Exactly. So we catastrophize and we use catastrophic language all the time with ourselves. I've had a nightmare of a day. So you've had the sort of day that would wake you up screaming in the middle of the night. Have you really? Well, okay. Sometimes. Maybe not screaming, but would wake you up in the middle of the night. But you're right, more often, it's the phrase, isn't it? Absolutely. It's the terminology that it's just, and it's, I suppose it's because you know that it will, the, other, the person you're saying it to will relate, well, maybe not relate, but they'll, it will mean something. It has mm. meaning. Rather than just going, oh, I've had a day that was slightly below average, mm. you know, that, then you don't get the reaction. I think that's the thing, isn't it? People want the reaction, but Absolutely. It's, it's harmful. But it's subtle changes within business. You have a, a review um from your boss or you're a boss giving a review and you want to put, speak about someone's strengths and a word i really dislike weaknesses you see in my world you've got strengths and there are gaps yes okay there's a gap in your training there's a gap in your ability it's something that we can fill with retraining or we get someone else in to help us with that particular thing that you aren't particularly good at but weakness no strengths and gaps and that's that subtle difference. Yeah. It's like saying to someone, good and bad. We live in a binary world, good and bad. How about good and not so good rather than bad? Yes. And if you can change the subtle changes in language, 
make a huge difference to the way we think. I was going to say, so if you use these words in the right way and often enough, you can reprogram your brain into thinking. Often enough is the key because the conscious mind learns from curiosity. The subconscious mind learns from repetition. And we are so good at repeating negatives towards ourselves. When you say it like that, it's so black and white. It's just, yeah, it's well, not black and white, but it's so obvious, perhaps yeah. is what I mean. Yeah. It's like, you know, when you go, you're watching Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and they come up with the £100 question and the person doesn't know the answer and you're screaming it. Yes. And you go, how do they not know these things? Yeah. Well, it's, it's simple things like that. It's yeah. just the right use of, of language. Yeah, and so that well, that's thank you for sharing that with us. And it's, it's definitely one to remember. Is there like a little phrase or something that we can just repeat to ourselves when we realise that we're about to go down that dark hole of of the wrong type of language? Yeah, what did Paul say? <laughs> I walked right into that one. <laughs> oh, there you there you go, everyone. We're all well, going to be. You I pop. think it's little things like I can. Yes, I can. We've got this thing called a negativity bias. Yes, well, okay. I, yes, I was going to ask you about that because that is that a linked with yeah, it's, it's negative it's, thoughts, negative bias. It's, it's if if anybody listening has ever had an appraisal again, going back to an appraisal when your your boss is there and they've got ten items, and they go, right, number one, yeah, you're really good. Number two, oh, fantastic, yeah, your, your customer service. You get down to number nine, and you go, yeah, that's great, ten, right. As you know, we like the phone to be answered in three rings. Yeah, um, we've noticed that you do it round about five. Do, do you think you could just concentrate on answering the phone within three rings when that person's going to bed that night mm. what are they thinking about the nine they got right i.e 90 percent pass right or the one that they got wrong well i know the answer and the question is why why is because that? we have this negativity bias and the negativity bias is 3.2 million years of evolution we've always looked behind the rock to make sure that there's nobody there to eat us so we've constantly been doing this it's our fight and flight instinct. Okay. It's a small part of the brain called the amygdala, arm and shape size um, part of the brain. And we're constantly looking towards the negative to keep us safe. However, we no longer have saber-toothed tigers coming up to bite our rear ends. Maybe we do don't have, have monsters behind the curtains at night. <laughs> we do have monsters, but we live in the safest time known to man, despite what we hear on the news. Oh. So we've got, we attach this fight and flight instinct to the email to the water cooler comment, to the letter we've had in the post. And our fight and flight instinct was desired to keep us safe. And we go fight and flight, adrenaline, cortisol, and then drop down. But we find that we are on a constant state of high alert. If you watch a cat being chased by a dog, it's... It jumps over the fence, the dog hits into the fence. (laughs) But if you watch the cat the other side, as soon as it's landed and it's safe, tail goes up in the air, respiration drops... Heartbeat returns to normal and it saunters off. It's fight and flight instinct did exactly what it was meant to do. Ours is on constant high alert. So with your your analogy of the 10 in your um, appraisal, does that mean it's different wording for number 10 or does it mean you place it in a different place? You place it in a different place. You realise, you you give yourself credit for what you've achieved Mm. and you say, right, I realise that this is something I need to work on, but hey, look at what I did. That is amazing. This is what I did right. Yeah. Rather than concentrating on what you did wrong. This is what I did right. I know I need to pay attention to this because it's been pointed out to me. But look how amazing I've been. 90%. That's the first. I know. When, when you said that, it's like, yes, absolutely. Why don't we remember those good things? And maybe it's just a matter of um, 
again, what we're saying, sort of re, retraining that brain to, re, to try and remember, but maybe you write them down or something, or I, I know people talk about gratitude journals and things like that. So maybe yep. that will help in looking for the positives rather than the immediate knee-jerk reaction, which is a negative. Absolutely. There's an American psychologist, I can't think of his name for the life of me, but he wrote a book called The, um, the Buddha Brain. Mm-hmm. And he said, the mind is like Teflon for the good and Velcro for the bad. Okay, I've got to think this through now. Okay. So the mind yes, is yes, like yes, Teflon yes, for the yep. good and Velcro yep, for okay. the bad. Yep. And it is absolutely 100% correct. It's how okay. we think. Yes, that's it. it. But here's the thing. Now you know you've got a negativity bias. It's part of you. It's part of your DNA. It's mm. who you are. What do you intend to do about it? So what I intend to do about it is realize these negative thoughts come into my mind yep. and go, do you know what? I'm not going to entertain you today. I'm not going to entertain you today because you, you hold nothing for me. I choose to think it, about it in this way. Yes, and then also remember what would Paul do. Yes, and also remember what would Paul do. But you also said about reaction. Yes. Okay? It's about taking the time to stop reacting and spend more time responding. Okay. Reactions are good, Mm -hmm. but they're trained into us. It's a case of taking a step back. What did Paul say? Take a breath. Let's have a think. And then respond. You'll have heard people say, if you're going to be a keyboard warrior and you're going to send off that email, oh, yes. type it out, yep. then leave it in the drafts. So don't ever send it at midnight. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Leave it in the drafts, come back to it, because yeah. then what you're doing, when you wrote the email, it was a reaction. When you come back to it and you still send it, that's a response. You've responded. Oh, yes, okay. Yes. Yeah? Yep, got that. Or you got decide that. not to send it, which is also... A response. response absolutely absolutely and then you know the clear light of day and all those cliches again um, absolutely you anything actually it's not as bad as it was or i've i've gone in too deep or whatever the reason might be but that is still a response isn't it yeah that's a good one yes i'm going to remember that and a lot of the tools we have are ancient tools the gratitude jar buddhist teachings learning to breathe correctly well I breathe, I breathe anyway, don't I? Yeah, but there's yeah, but breathing and there's breathing correctly. I know, we're, we're going to run out of time, but I'd love to talk to you about breathing because I know that's something that I forget to do. So I was on this photo shoot yesterday and um, the photographer kept saying, keep, keep breathing, keep breathing. And you're like, I am, aren't I? And then everyone was so posed in their shots and that sort of nerves, whatever, you forget to breathe. That's yeah. the trouble. It's like, how can you forget? I mean, that's crazy. So you just take two minutes on one side and do a technique called box breathing. Yeah. The Navy SEALs do box breathing before they go into combat. So if it works for them in a combat environment, it'll work for you on a photo shoot. And it's very simple. It's called box breathing because you breathe in for four seconds. Hold it for four seconds. Yes. Out for four seconds. Hold it for four seconds. Do that for two or three minutes. Calms you right down. down again. Oh, wonderful. That, that, having said, we're going to run out of time. You've managed to sneak in that nugget very, very quickly. Paul, thank you so much. And if um, somebody would like to get hold of you, what's the best way for them to find you? The best way, obviously, is to um, go to the website, www.everydayhypnotherapy.co.uk. I apologise for it in advance. It is a work in progress. Or I'm old school. Call me, 07557 Wonderful. I like that. And you even remembered your phone number. Well done. Um, and I'd also just like to share with everyone that we've actually got um, two tickets for the um, to hand out or for this Friday in... Um it is at the Crookham Festival and it's Will Greenwood and Ben Fennell um, and they're going to be talking about their new book which is How to Lead, Learn and Grow Like a Champion. Um, the event's actually at 8 o'clock this Friday the 13th and if you'd like to 
uh, get these. I've got two free tickets. Get these tickets. Send me an email, fiona at river.radio. Next week, Sophie is back on the show. Um, don't forget, you can listen to this show again as a podcast via the usual channels. Um, Paul, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Um, thank you so much for sharing your story, sharing so many wonderful tips about hypnotherapy. You've certainly opened my eyes to it because I have to say I was one of those guilty ones, which was look into my eyes, look into my eyes. I'm not going to look at it like that anymore. So thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for the opportunity. I've very, I've very much enjoyed being spending some time with you, Fiona. Oh, wonderful. Thank you very much.